0: what is their legacy plan you know and also what is in their their gut their heart that they know that they need to speak up that they know that they need to have these conversations they ne- need to be heard valued respected more so they can lead their leaders to real change
1: welcome to the twins talk tech leadership podcast where we highlight and explore the views of thought leaders and organizations across the tech industry. We're presenting topics on leadership, sales, and trends from our perspective as individuals, and of course, as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. If we are honest, some of us aren't ready for the depth of coaching that it truly takes in order to be successful. As a former high school coach, and a former college football coach. Yes, I did coach collegially, but at the community college level, I saw clearly a distinction between those athletes that put in the work and those who just wanted to play and have fun. Those who wanted success, they embraced the coaching, and they embraced that challenge to go beyond what they physically think they can do and to go beyond what their mindset believes they can do. We want to welcome you to our Twins Talk It Up, showcase our podcast and today you're in for a treat today we have a specialist who does this exactly for professionals within organizations if you're a vice president you're in the c-suite and you're trying to get to that next level just like a professional athlete you're going to want to stick around and listen to our special guest sure Klein is an author a speaker an entrepreneur and an expert in fearless leadership empathetic coaching And of course, mental toughness. If you want to gain that Olympic level confidence, then this is the episode for you. Cheryl, we've got some questions for you about your experience in coaching and in leadership. And we want to thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the show.
0: Thanks so much, Danny. I I love that analogy that you gave. You know, I've worked two decades with world-class athletes and Olympians, and I'm really more than happy to make the connection into, uh, into
1: leadership. This is David, Cheryl. And from time to time throughout our recording, we'll make sure to let our audience know who's asking you the question. I'm so excited about this conversation. I've been looking forward to this. When you think about the top performers in the world, they believe in and invest in coaching. We're talking about athletes, musicians, dancers, any type of performing you think about, they use coaching. And what we've seen in the business world is that even the top level performers, C-suite members, driven entrepreneurs, they believe in the value of coaching as well. How did you get started with this career, this niche, and why focus on mental toughness leadership coaching?
0: That is a great question, and I'll try and distill it down. Um, it, it really started, uh, not to date myself, but uh, about a millennium ago when I was 10, Um And I went to small private school, very competitive private school in the Bay Area. And I was actually called into the principal's office. Uh, Her name was Mrs. Harris, but no hard feelings. And um, she told me that I wasn't good enough to be in that school, despite doing all the things and getting the good grades and what have you. And it eventually made me curious about who gets to decide who's good enough. And eventually I got to high school and I had to transfer schools. I got invited to go to a different school. Um, by the principal. (laughs) And um, what I learned, I eventually ended up at USC and studied applied sports psychology. I was especially interested in Olympians. Does someone choose Olympians? Um, And who gets to choose who wins a gold medal? And what I learned is that we choose ourselves and we get to decide. And the word decide means death of phonetically. So I think of it as death of any other option. We decide, you guys decided that you're going to do a podcast, boom, it's done you know and so we had to decide and you know my stories and answered your question is really about my mom because my mom was very passionate about three species of owls and um she was always she didn't really have a voice at the table meaning our not our sea level table but the kitchen table and she was told that she didn't have a college education she went in the front door of UC Berkeley came out the back door and she was very demoralized, much uh, how sometimes women in corporate can feel. They can feel visible. They can feel not heard. And and so, um, she unfortunately, she passed away at a very young age at 69. And about three months after her passing, those three species of owls that she was passionate about went extinct. And so, I believe to my core that each and every one of us has a spark and a light. You know, in us and a very special contribution to make, and so that's why, um, and, and especially now, you know, in the this state of you know affairs that we're in, where the economy is at, um, and you know, is a little intimidating to say being on a podcast with two amazing young men, but I really believe that the the future is female, and it's going to be the the women that are going to support the amazing male leaders, so we can you know have the course correction that we need to see right now and. Have the um, it's just been proven by McKinsey and by all the data out there that it's the women that are pushing through the DEI efforts and that these DEI efforts are not just fair and just, but they're good for business, they're good for the bottom line and for profitability, um, and also sustainability of our workforce. So um, I'm really committed to that cause for for everyone, uh, but especially for empowering women and uh, female leaders and emerging leaders.
1: This is Danny, and I appreciate you bringing that up, Cheryl. As a father, I am a dad. I'm a dad of two amazing girls, and my wife is an entrepreneur as well, as you know from our uh, many conversations we've had. I want them to be able to grasp the world in the future, not only have a seat at the table, but have a voice, and it's very important. So I totally support you. I know that there's a lot of statistics and data that have shown that the Fortune 100, if they have a woman leader that's at the C-suite, actually sitting at the table and have a voice, that that organization is much more profitable than those other organizations that are Fortune 100 that don't have that diversity of women in the board. So I want to make sure that our audience understands, look, we are all about success, but we want to make sure we provide as much tools, as much momentum support for women leaders out there today. And we're so grateful to have Cheryl on. One of the things I will tell you when Dave and I were thinking about uh, this podcast with Cheryl, we were so excited because of the fact that She coached Olympians. And when I think about these Olympians and then how she crossed that over into the corporate world, these executive vice presidents, these women leaders uh, taking on the the C-suite role, we looked at Usain Bolt. And Usain Bolt said, look, I train three, four, five hours a day, every single day of the week. Watch what I eat. When I get up, I work on my mindset. I imagine the race before I even run it. I do the weights. I go on the track. I have a coach. I have a speed coach. I have a position coach. I get off the block coach, but I also have a mindset coach because you have to be ready. When they say on your market set, go, you can't say I need five more seconds to prepare myself. You got to go. So he says those hours that I spend every single day for a race that lasts less than 10 seconds. And he's the world record holder at 9.58 seconds. When we think about golfers, all professional golfers have two coaches. They have a swing coach. Sometimes they have a putting coach if they need to work on the greens and a swing coach, but they also have this one coach that has really helped them to stay in the top. That's a mental toughness coach. And Dave and I both love playing golf. And I will tell you on the golf course, if I have one bad shot, I mean, I'm feeling it. The first three holes, I'm always at par with my brother or better. It's just right after that is when I start losing the mindset and I just can't move forward. It's the same reason why David played collegiate tennis and I didn't. We played throughout high school, and I felt like I was better than him for the first, maybe first set. But after that, my mindset started wandering, and I started going for shots I know I can't do, and Dave would beat me. And that's how he was able to play collegiate tennis at Howard University, and I wasn't. And so, Cheryl, when we think about all these things, and you mentioned it earlier, not only are you focused on helping these Olympians, but you just stated earlier, you're so focused on helping women leaders and how they have that mental toughness. How can we encourage more corporations to work with you and to give more of the budgeting dollars to make sure that the women leaders are getting the coaching that they need that's ultimately going to give the corporation more profitability?
0: You know, that's a great question. I wish that you're on my sales team. Um <laughs> So first of all, I want to, while my expertise is in mental toughness, I've taken a a slight veer because a lot of women, especially women who are further marginalized within our gender, they are extremely mentally tough. And so what I've been finding recently in the last couple years is that they don't necessarily need, there's two big things that we're up against, and that's hundreds, if not thousands of years of cultural indoctrination. So for for men, the culture indoctrination is that they are leaders. They give the orders. They don't show emotion. They're not soft. Like all these different things, things that are quite honestly actually quite important in leadership. But they're also it's also quite threatening for them when female leaders start to rise up to their to their level. And so, and also for women, there there's two things that two of the main things that hold women back from having influence. Um, for emerging leaders and also certainly for female leaders in the research. And also what I've seen with my one-on-one clients is one anger and, and also invisibility. So, and it doesn't mean I'm not, I'm a lot. Some of the stories I've heard, you know, 100%, they deserve to be angry. I'm, I, I have their back 100%. But when, when I work with them, I let them know that a lot of times it's not going to get them to where they want to be. It's not going to give them the influence that they want and deserve. And so I'm taking a little bit of a veer from mental toughness because many women, especially once they get to the executive leadership level, they're already mentally tough. But so the the we're moving more towards emotional agility under pressure, um, especially in crucial, high pressure, highly important conversations, and also really FBI level strategic influence. So they can get really weaponized before they're going into board meetings or those fifteen minute C level meetings. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there and just um, and also really acknowledge the mountains you know that they've already climbed and the amazing things that they have already achieved um, but if if we're gonna see real change then they really that real change is gonna happen from the top. And so really for female leaders, executive leaders to to start to understand what is their their mission, what is their legacy plan you know and also what is in their their gut, and their heart, that they know that they need to speak up, that they know that they need to have these conversations. They need to be heard, valued, respected more so they can lead their leaders to real change.
1: This is David. If you are listening to this program and you love what you're hearing and you can appreciate the guests that we bring on, make sure you subscribe, download these episodes so you can go back and use this as a resource. Cheryl, you are throwing out some incredible nuggets. I love that. Yes, mental toughness coaching, but you've evolved even that to say, I've got to help these incredible women go beyond just being tough and gritty, but learn how to even channel that anger. Learn how to have that emotional agility, what you call under pressure and what you said. FBI strategic influence. I'm sitting there going, oh, I want to be a fly on that wall. I want to know what that's like. How do I have the ability to maneuver in such a way where it's strategically focused? It's going to serve my ver- my vision and my purpose. But at the same time, it's done in such a way where I can position myself for the greatest growth and not make them feel like they're, that in- like they have to stay insecure or become insecure. I love that. And, but we're not also caught is this. You have to look at the women you're coaching the women you're helping. You also acknowledge their achievements because sometimes we can be dismissive. Oh, I did that yesterday. Oh, that was last year. Oh, I achieved that. No, no. Build off of what you've done. You are that incredible leader. You are that incredible person. Now you're about to embark on something that's a little more challenging, a little more difficult. You've got to rely on the fact you've been successful, that you've done it before, you could do it again. I am getting excited. So besides that, I mean, you're a podcaster. I've heard some of your your episodes. You had one that I particularly like with with Gretchen O'Hare, Channel Chief Vice President, Worldwide Channels at uh, and Alliances at, Sp- at Splunk. And there was there was a there was a couple things that came out through that that made me think: How does Cheryl help these incredible women overcome these hurdles? And is it just a matter of seeing them? Is it a matter of acknowledging them? How do you get them to go beyond their comfort zone? Because there already is a struggle of imposter syndrome for some. There's already a struggle of, well, it's never been done, so there's no historical data. But how do you get them to go beyond that comfort zone so that they can apply the tools that you're giving them?
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because everyone that I work with says, oh, your coaching's coaching so uncomfortable. And I think they say it in a very loving way. And then when they give me their direct reports to work with, they warn them and they say, It's going to be worth it, but it's going to be uncomfortable. So uh, it's funny that you brought that up Uh, and glad that you did. Well, you know, as you know, there's a a lot, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also fortunate enough to be one of the 16 or so Athena Alliance coaches. And I feel honored to kind of, uh, in addition to having my own private practice to be working with Coco Brown and that team. And so within that community and also outside that community, there are amazing executive coaches out there that I am truly honored to be in their, in their presence. And and a lot of times, though, with executive coaching, you know, they'll go in, they might talk about how to get a board seat or strategic plan, which is so valuable. Um, But sometimes I I value, too, in addition, the pre-work, because world-class athletes and Olympians, they don't train their whole lives for themselves or for the gold medal. They're training for something beyond themselves. And so... What my area of expertise is and the, the the lenses that I'm looking through and also the process that I have is how to get these women connected into their highest sense of integrity, how to get them crystal clear and Olympic level clarity on what is their legacy plan and not just, you know, we're all familiar with the amazing Simon Sinek and what's your why, but also thinking, having them think through. And if anyone's listening to this, you have the opportunity to write it down. Write down, like, who's your who? Like, who are you fighting for? Because we pull strength from that. And so, you know, for example, you know, I, uh, what was it, 2019, just right before the pandemic, I was giving a little workshop at the Women of Silicon Valley conference at the far end of the hall. I did not know if anyone was going to show up. I'm the only non technologist there. You know, it's like a four mile walk to get down there from the main stage. Um, and lo and behold, they weren't going to let me in. Because they said it's full, and I'm like, well, you gotta let me in because I'm speaking. And so there were a ton of people there, and it was um, on kind of the topic that we're talking about and how to how to uh, increase your visibility and impact. And lo and behold, that day, that organizer came to me and said, you know what, our MC pulled out. And I'm like, okay, how is that my problem? (laughs) so The first thing that I was thinking. And she's like, can you open the conference tomorrow? Just introduce the keynote speakers. And I'm like, sure, this is Danny from Google. Give him a hand, you know, or whatever. And then about an hour later, she said, you just need to create a 20-minute speech because you're opening the conference. Never done it before, 2,500 people all over the world, some of the smartest women in technology around. And so the reason why I bring that up is because I'm passionate about these tools. I use them all the time. I had done a decent amount of speaking, but I had never been on the main stage at a 2,500-person conference and opened the entire thing. And so when I was doing my mental preparation, which we call future casting, how do I want it to turn out? When this is done, how do I want to feel? Every single woman in the audience, how do I want her to feel? So I connected with... um, with the things that I have control over. But I also thought about holding my mom's hand because I was up on that stage for her. She never had a voice at the table. Granted it was our kitchen table, but she never had a voice. She was never allowed to dig in and reveal where her passion meets her purpose and our world suffered for it. And that my who is bigger than Any number of people, you could have put me in a stadium of 20,000 people. And so in answer to your question, it's helping women and men go through the process of connecting with their highest sense of integrity, their legacy plan, and what are they striving for beyond themselves?
1: This is Danny. I appreciate the future casting. I appreciate that when the opportunity came up, you went for it. You could have been in a football stadium, as you said. You could have been with 20,000 people. It didn't matter because of the who. Who are you fighting for? And it always takes me back to some of the movies you will watch, where in the movies you'll see these people, like Braveheart, you'll see all these people, and they're fighting for a passion. They're fighting for their people. They're fighting for their love or whatever it may be, that despite against all the odds, they went out and did it. And you were able to do that. So this Olympic-level preparation, the future casting, Listen, audience, if you're out there today and the opportunity comes, if you've given the opportunity to do something great, if you've never done it before, do it. But as you get up to do it, I want you to think about Cheryl's story. Phenomenal, fantastic. Don't shy away from the big moment. And to be in a room where you are not a technologist and a room full of people who, who are in the field of technology to be able to give and deliver An amazing performance because of the who you're fighting for. That's an amazing story. And Cheryl, you talked about helping the leaders and then helping her leadership team that's underneath her. Can you share any strategies for our audience that are leaders and how they can be able to build a better bond with their team uh, as a leader to build better trust, to build better morale, so that as the leader, your team will follow you in order to make sure that you're exceeding? The goals that you have as a leader that you set forth. Can you give us a, a quick strategy or a quick tip that can actually help our leaders in the audience?
0: Uh, definitely. There's there's kind of no such thing as a quick uh, quick trick or a hack. Um, I really believe that anything worthwhile there it's it just takes some time. Um, and I will definitely answer that. I also just wanted to take a slight step back to what we were just talking about in saying that. You know, there were 15 to 20 speakers at that event. So it wasn't random that I got asked to open. I was thinking to myself after this workshop in two years, I'm going to be on this main stage. And so to do that, I'm like, well, I'm doing this end of the hall workshop thing, which, you know, was honestly, I don't even know how I got into that a few years back. But then I just went up to the organizer, whatever you need. This is what I'm done. This is what I'm experienced at. You need me to, you know, do whatever. I'll do it. And so my message just to follow that up is step into the leader that you want to be today and get the word out, offer to serve, ask for what you need and start start acting like the person that you want to be today. Give yourself the permission and then be courageous enough to look at yourself in the mirror and think what do I need to improve upon? You know, for me it was 2 years of speaker training you know, or what have you. So step into that leadership role that you want, step into it today and hold yourself like you're already that leader. So in answer to your question, Danny, you know, there is a process, you know, the bad news is, is that companies right now are having to make a tough choice. You know, we're in a different economy, budgets are tight. um, They have to make a choice um, between, um, you know, holding on to those dollars, or making investments in their future workforce. And I have to say based on some of the amazing leaders that I'm working with now, they have found the dollars because they are proactive, found the dollars for the right people and for the right coaching. And they invested in them now to reap the fruits later so they can lead during disruptive times rather than getting to Q3 and Q4 and just wondering how to put the house back together.
1: We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that at Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSP Leadership Group. DSP Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSP Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Pigs don't have to fly for you to retire a millionaire. Optimize how you spend. Save and grow your money with the Millionaire Me app. Millionaire Me was designed to help Gens X, Y, and Z Become after-tax millionaires in retirement. Even if you haven't started saving, you can get started. Get all the tools that you'll need in one easy-to-use app to get you toward your goal of retiring as a millionaire. So remember, pigs don't have to fly for you to retire a millionaire. Go to the App Store, download the app to get started, and even now you could join in their campaign this month entitled the March forward savings challenge get started and learn how to become that millionaire this is david sheryl and i'm gonna tell you i love that and it's so true you could justify just about anything but if you believe in your people and you know the value that they bring to your organization, how much more profitable it could be, you will find a way to invest in them. And a matter of fact, investing in them reinforces to them that you believe in them, that you want the best for them. And that helps the organization to grow. And Dan and I talk about this all the time with our clients. If you don't put the money there, someone else will. Someone else will see that value, they'll put it in them, and then you're gonna end up losing (laughs) anywhere from like six months, on average nine months, Up to a year just to try to recoup and reproduce that activity you don't want to do that you don't want to let that experience walk out the door find a way to invest in them now cheryl a lot of your work has been on helping these incredible women get tough mentally so this question might seem a little different but i want to i want to ask this from this standpoint when you talk about mental toughness when you talk about emotional agility as a coach you also have to be tough enough not to take things personally. Cause sometimes our clients will come back at us or they're just reacting. And that's good because we want to get that out of them. We have to get it out to get them to go forward. But can you talk about, even for you, the role of empathy in leadership and coaching, not necessarily for your client, but for yourself, so that you don't take things personally when you see the finish line, when you see the finished product, but you're, they're not quite there yet.
0: Well, first of all, um, I don't see the finish line because I think that we're truly limitless.
1: Mm, That's true. That's your podcast. I remember that. And
0: and also, um, you know, I don't know if I shared with you guys, but I've spent some time studying with Chris Voss in back in New York city. And then next week I'll be with him in um, Los Angeles. And so, you know, if you guys know Chris Voss, you know, hostage negotiator, masterclass, all that. Mm -hmm. So he's a 30 year veteran of the FBI international hostage negotiation. Um, And so really teaching the way that I get around that is using strategic influence. Just like I I teach my clients and their teams how to influence. Influence isn't about convincing. You know, it's about building trust, building safety, and gathering information. And it comes as a surprise to a lot of people. So if a client comes back at me... Like, why are you making me do that? That's ridiculous. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, It's basically stems. I know where it's coming from. And the power of coaching is perspective. And it means that they need some growth. So I don't take it personally.
1: Cheryl, this is Danny. One of the things that I know, not only do I do this when I lead sales organizations, um, even as a fractional VP of sales within my own company for other partners of ours. A lot of sales managers always provide never split the difference book to their team members. And Chris, amazing, amazing author, amazing mindset as well. I appreciate you bringing that up. And I'm so happy to hear that you're going to be spending time with Chris as well, which our audience needs to know, Cheryl's a real deal. It's a process. It takes this mindset you need to have to push through to get through. And you know what? I hear that she believes in you. From talking to her, listening to her voice, she believes in you. And when she said was something really key to me, give yourself permission. Too many times in our lives, we don't give ourselves permission. And you need to empower yourself so that you can continue to be the great person that you are. So don't be afraid to give yourself permission. Cheryl, thanks for bringing that up. Thanks for talking about Chris Voss. I mean, I have uh, several copies of that book alone because when I meet with my team, I always give them a copy of uh, that book. I give a copy of my book. I give a copy of a couple other books that from other sales leaders that I know, but I always tell them your job for the year. Take these four books. When we have our one-on-ones, I want you to come back with great questions, an action plan, and let me know how you applied this. And and it's really been a phenomenal opportunity to do that. So, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, I want to also speak about your uh, commitment to excellence. And I believe that as a coach, you are not only providing this FBI expert level skill set and mentality, but you also have this ability to focus on committing to excellence. You have your goals, they have their goals. And at the end of the day, I want to ask you, how do you stay motivated? Because I know from my coaching experience, what coaching sales leaderships, VPSL, sales directors, all those other people's at times, um, it can be draining, even though I'm passionate about it. I love it. Uh, do you ever feel at times that you are drained? And I say that because when I'm working with an the, uh, individual, they're giving back, there's no drainage. The energy is just—it just reciprocal. It goes back and forth. But have you ever been in a t- in a position where you felt like you were pulled? A lot of your energy was being pulled, and and it was necessarily not coming back to you. How did you overcome that?
0: Uh, that's a great question. And we all, even though I teach how to overcome overwhelm, which I will say too, I just want to throw out a staggering data data point for you before. I answer that question directly. And that I want to talk about procrastination just for half a second. So, uh, there is an epidemic of procrastination right now. And a lot of times uh, we assume that procrastination, whether it's ourselves or someone on our team, that they're lazy. But it, the research coming out now is saying that procrastination is a function of overwhelm, it's a function of stress, and it's costing US companies over $1.8 trillion. So if you think you don't have the budget for coaching, whether for me, it doesn't have to be with me, but then um, I highly recommend looking into it to getting especially some of your top performing teams, some support because in answer to your question, Danny, that motivation is is fleeting. It does not stay static for anyone. And the shortest answer that I have for you would be, Just take um, rest. So thinking about, and everyone listening, if you think about your day, your week, your month, your quarter, your year, when do you have time to recharge in all of those time periods? So in other words, during the day, are you taking X amount of minutes like in the morning to yourself? You taking them in midday to have something to eat. You have a boundary around your stop time. And I know occasionally things go topsy turvy, but and you know, they might fall apart, but that should be the exception to the rule. And thinking about at the end of the week on Friday, do you have an hour to yourself, like away from your kids, your partner, your work, your, you know, whatever it is that fills you up? If you want to play your guitar, go walk in the, you know, look, you know, look at the trees, you know, whatever you want to do. So the answer to your question is is rest. Um, and then thinking of like by quarter and certainly by year and these times should really I can't stress enough that these breaks that you're taking no matter if they're 10 minutes or if they're two weeks, um, think of times to um, to unplug. And if, if I can give any homework, if anyone's not going to remember anything else that I'm talking about get your phones out of your bedroom away from next to your bed because the first thing people do, there's about 40% of the people in the United States that they're scrolling through their emails before they get up and you start, you start your day in reaction mode. And then it's just, it just falls apart from there. So um, you know, getting back to your question before, how can leaders help their teams to be high performing? It's to have them understand, to start to set some boundaries, get some habits in place. And then also to teach them how to be highly influential to ask for what they want and need.
1: David, Cheryl, and I love that. I I really feel like it's important to note that there are ways to look at every situation and ask the next question. What's the next question? Why are my employees not as productive? Or what is it that they're doing or I'm not doing that can make it a little different for them? And maybe it's okay to have those little breaks. I love that. What are your boundaries? You know, there was a, Dr. Henry Cloud had these series of books called Boundaries, right? And this is parenting, these are relationships. And you got to be able to set that up and say it's okay to do that. Uh, my wife and I just got back from a trip and we needed to just get away. Just sometimes to hit a reset button in the midst of selling a house, in the midst of growing a business, in the midst of having to train another company. Let's just get away for a couple of days, let's reset. For ourselves and we can come back and it just does wonders to be able to do that and when i was first starting out with my company i would say okay if i hit this milestone that meant this it didn't mean i had to go out and have this extravagant dinner but it just gave myself the ability to say hey i look forward to that goal i look forward to this happening i love that i, I want to ask something about you speaking because you said something about the event organizer and getting to put yourself out there making yourself known It's the same thing you were probably doing with the Olympic athletes. It's the same thing you're doing now with high-performing executives, the women you're coaching, is you prepare for what you want. If you expect to win, you prepare for that win. It's the thing that Dan talked about with uh, Hussein Boat, all those hours and hours and hours for less than 10 seconds of an event. But you prepare for that, and I love that. When you talk about public speaking and getting on the stage, what is it about speaking that you've found – as a either an outlet, you found this sense of enjoyment. What do you enjoy about speaking? Because you do it on many different levels, whether it's in the corporate uh, setting, whether it's one-on-one with your clients, whether it's on a podcast platform or even physically on a stage, what do you enjoy about speaking?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um, first of all, I just also want to respond to what you said when you first started. And the way I look at things uh, and behind me, there's a card over there that says proceed as if success is inevitable. So when I think of speaking on a main stage in front of 2500, it's not I want to do that thing. It's I've already done that thing. How do I work it backwards? So when I was thinking I, I want to be on the main stage at the Women of Silicon Valley conference, well, what do I need to do? I might need to volunteer at that conference. I might need to do a workshop at that conference. I might need to take the organizer to coffee. I might lead, need to study under Bo Eason for two years and learn if I do get the opportunity, what am I gonna do when I'm up there? And um, so I just wanted to really make that clear. And so the, with the future casting that we talked about before, you wanna think about not what might it be like, but it's like, no. I'm like, let's say you're a director and you want to be a VP or you're a VP, you want to be C level. It's like, okay, I'm already at that VP level. I'm already at that C level and taking an honest look and say, what's the difference between Cheryl who's C level and Cheryl who's, you know, at the VP level, or what's the difference between Cheryl who's done a lunch and learn speaking and Cheryl who's wants to speak on the main stage of an international conference. And then it's just it's just figuring out, working it from, you know, with the end of mind. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. It's a little bit different than thinking, I mean, this is kind of a world class mindset right here. It's not I'm here and I want to do that someday. It's no, that's already happened. And now let's work it backwards and take an honest look at what's different between me now and me and the person that's already done the thing.
1: We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jakovitz of pauljakovitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul pauljakovitz. That's paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? This is David Cheryl, and I appreciate the the points you're making about future casting. We talk about this in our training uh, around the concept of visualization what is it you want how do you go about it how do you plan it how do you see it and it, it becomes almost like you're just going through what you've already saw in your mind what you've already saw in your preparation everything you've done has led up to that and I love how you said I take that approach even when it comes to speaking when it comes to our Program and Dan and I are still very young at this. And when I look at our program, what gives me the greatest joy is not just elevating the voices of our guests, not just giving our audience incredible content and inspiring them and and uplifting them. It, It gives me great joy when I hear a guest here or there say, Dave, this has been perhaps one of the greatest experiences I've had when it comes to being interviewed. Or, Dave, I really enjoy being able to just be who I am and be myself on a podcast and not feel like I have to give the same cookie cut answers I've given to everybody else that's interviewed me. Uh, to me, that's what I love doing. Um, I want to ask you about what does Cheryl Klein do outside of work? You know, when we talk about work, I'm not just saying on the clock, 9 to 5, you're coaching and training. Sometimes people don't understand as an entrepreneur as someone who's leading organizations or leading businesses, you're always working in some capacity, thinking about what's next, what's the next wrinkle, what's the next play. But what do you do when you're not coaching? What are your hobbies? What are your passions? Uh, not Outside of podcasting, outside of anything else, what is Cheryl Klein off the clock?
0: Okay. I don't talk about this too much, but for you guys, I definitely will. Um, So the the first thing is, is talking about boundaries. I like to practice what I preach. So I work, uh, I get up early, I work from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Thursday and I'm done working at noon on Friday. I'm moving towards not working on Friday um, with the couple exceptions as if I'm speaking or what have you. So um, I would encourage anyone listening to thinking about not just financial or climbing the ladder goals, but lifestyle goals those are most important so and then also what you need what you physically need to contribute to your family um and that's really incredibly important and then work backwards from there um as far as what else i do i'm an avid cyclist i'm on my peloton at 5 a.m three days a week i'm running with i have two 75 pound black labradors they're nine but they're still kind of on crack part and my friends are like super hyper Uh, so I'm on the cycle, uh, three days a week. I run them two days a week. Um, I'm doing a 150 miles, uh, tour of Croatia via bike, um, uh, this summer. So I like to do that and I'm trying to think what else I get up. I read every morning, uh, 30 pages. Um, I've just taken up pottery. So I throw clay and I like, I'm pretty decent at it. I tried acrylic painting and that didn't, that was kind of stressful, which defeated the purpose. Uh, so I really encourage people to have some, you know, I talk a lot in my coaching about having a creative outlet. Uh, so again, I try and walk the walk, you know, with that. Um, and I'm also very, um, I don't want to say meticulous, but consistent with, I have three adult kids that are kind of spread around. So I'm very consistent, and um, I don't want to say strategic, but I make sure that I have contacts with them. I have kind of goals, you know. To I have something called three one ones. So in other words, I reach out daily to three people that I care deeply about, and um, also follow up with three people, one strategic partner, and. Um, And also one like close close relative of mine a day. It's the first thing I do in the morning, um, Monday through Friday. Uh, But besides cycling and running and hiking and doing a lot of stuff, you know, outdoors, I guess, and maybe now a little pottery, that's about it.
1: I think that it's very instrumental. If you're a leader, this is Danny, that you set your boundaries. And if you don't set boundaries, you're going to experience this thing called burnout real quick. And not only do you experience burnout, the way you respond to your team and the way you respond to your family will not be the ultimate way to respond. It may be something you regret later in the future. So we're going to encourage everybody, look, you're in a high pressure environment. This is why uh, Cheryl talks about FBI negotiation styles. It's high pressure at times. And you need to know that when Thursday comes, you're done at four. When Friday comes, you're done at 12. Or maybe you just don't do work on Friday because you need to get back and learn to what I call re-energize yourself. Learn to be able to take a step back and enjoy the process of relaxation or enjoy the process of the hobby. And if there's a hobby you pick up that's causing you stress, it's defeating the purpose, as Cheryl said, take a step back, try a different hobby. And I love the fact that she's going to take the summer and go biking all over Croatia. That's amazing, the amount of opportunity to get your endorphins going, get your drilling going, to go see the beauty, the scenery, getting a good workout, and appreciating the time. That is amazing.
0: We all need to take breaks. Yeah, Mm -hmm. of course. And I also, you know, it's important to train for something, you know, occasionally. Because, you know, I work out, it's kind of built into my thing. You know, I'll cycle, I'll always run. But then if I'm going to be know that I'm going to be cycling 40, 50, 60 miles a day, then that's going to be upped, You know, my Peloton ride is going to go from 30 minutes to 90 minutes. And then I've even done like two double 90 minute rides or something crazy, which I wouldn't do all the time, but it's good to train for something. And maybe you're a walker and maybe you walk consistently, which is amazing, but then, you know, enter a 5k and do a little bit longer with a friend or a 10k or, you know, or, you know, something like that. So Um, And then I just also wanted to give a shout out to our sister company, which is Girl Up Initiative Uganda. Um, The executive director out there, her name is Monica, and she has a very long last name with a lot of syllables that I'm still working on pronouncing, but she is so amazing. And uh, the Zone Lab funds five full scholarships for the best boarding school in Uganda. For five of her clients, which are students, and we're funding those through their entire um, education, and we'll look into funding their college, you know, as well. And so that's another one of my Girl Up initiative. Uganda is also part of my my who who's my who uh, because I have pictures of those girls. Well, I won't turn my camera around over there, but like I have them posted on my corkboard. So like anyone else, all days where I'm like, you know, I could just. I don't know. I could just be a coach for someone else. That would just be so much easier than, you know, having my own business. Uh, But then I just like see her looking back at me and it was like. And so uh, we formed scholarships under my parents, the Cecil and Barbara Klein um, scholarship fund for them. And we're also um, eventually looking at connecting some of my clients and corporate sponsors to help with their education and programming as well.
1: This is David Cheryl, and I love that. It's so exciting to be able to see yourself pouring yourself out into other things, other initiatives, other important projects that maybe you may not get the attention on stage, but you're making a difference in all these people's lives. And I love it.
0: It's Girl Up Initiative Uganda.org. Oh,
1: yeah. Let me say that again. That's Girl Up Initiative Uganda.org. Make yeah. sure you check that out find ways to get involved. To me, who you are off the clock is who you really are. And I love that she could pour herself in that way. I think that's so inspiring. I want to ask you about writing and about books. Dan, I have a book out. We have a book that's getting ready to come out as well. You have a book out already called Zoned In, The Mental Toughness Required for World Class You. How can you not get inspired just by that title? It just grabs you, sucks you in. But we've heard that you might have another project that will be coming out soon. Would you be open to giving our guests a glimpse of what you're working on and when we might be expected to see that book?
0: Yeah, you guys are putting me on the spot. I've not talked about this yet publicly. Um, As of now, it's going to be called The Fearless Female Leader. And it's in process. And it will probably be coming out early next year.
1: This is Danny, please sign us up for that. I know my wife would be excited to have it, but also my girls. There's something we do in our household, which I really appreciate that you do every day. Cheryl, you say you read 30 minutes a day. Uh, for our girls, we, we ask them to read an hour a day. And that's something that we just are religious on in this household. It's about reading, adding knowledge. I, I'd love to read at least three non-business books a month, and then about five business books a month. And of course, uh, David said, we have a book that we, written, we have written. It's on Amazon called Talk It Up, A Guide to Successful Public Speaking. And we're also uh, in the process of finishing up a second book uh, called Identically Opposite. So we are not only twins, but we want to tell people that there's a little difference between the two of us as well. Isn't that right, David? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. So I'm going to encourage our audience, just some small practical steps. Remove your phone from the bedroom so that When you first wake up in the morning, that's not the first thing you look at. We don't want to be in reaction mode, as Cheryl has stated. When you wake up in the morning, remember, rest is key. Set your boundaries. The boundaries may be, hey, Friday at this time, I'm done because I need to make sure I refresh myself. And it's not only healthy for yourself, but you can give to your clients. You can give to your employees. Mindset. You got to have the right mindset to succeed. But you have to make sure you're willing to invest in high-performance coaching. This is no longer just for the Olympic athletes. This is now for you. Get that mental edge, just like these golfers can get. Get that mental edge, just like Usain Bolt can get, running the uh, 100-yard dash in 9.58 seconds. As Cheryl said, research has shown procrastination isn't necessarily the employee's fault. It can be overwhelming what they're going through. There could be a lot of stress that they're going through as well. And that is costing U.S. corporations $1.8 trillion. Wouldn't it be better if you just invested that in your employees on coaching, on toughness? Wouldn't it be better if you invested that in raising more women leaders up to not only have a seat at the table, but to also have a voice? Research has shown that your business can be much more profitable. And if you have shareholders, what's holding you back? Know who is your who. Who are you fighting for? This is where you're going to pull the strength. Every single day, when you feel like quitting, or you feel like, hey, I need to push through, the who is going to help you. This is going to really give you the strength that you need. Remember, once again, Cheryl has a 3-1-1 rule. What is your rule every day? What are you fighting for? What's going to help you move forward when you feel like quitting? We're grateful for leaders like Cheryl. We're grateful for what she does every single day. We're grateful for the goal that she has, not just for the women leaders in America, but really women all over the world. And we're so excited about her future book coming out as well. We want to encourage our whole audience, sign up, go to her website, CherylKlein.com and just wait in anticipation for the book coming out because it's going to be impactful, not just for you, but your whole community, everyone around you. Remember, when you work on your mental toughness and you work on getting strong mentally, everyone around you will benefit. They will be benefiting from your confidence. And as Cheryl said, a lot of these women are amazing. They're really mentally tough already because of what they had to go through to get in the position they're at. We want to thank our listeners and the audience today. Thank you for tuning in to the Twins Talking Up podcast. Thank you for tuning in to helping us to be able to get the message out and for bringing amazing leaders like Cheryl on. We're so excited that she's also agreed to come back on in the future again with her husband because he's amazing as well. I, I don't know, I, I'm thinking that Cheryl might be a little bit more amazing, but I don't know, we have to go back and forth on that. So until our next episode, thank you, Cheryl, for joining us. We're so grateful to have you today.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. And I haven't done this on a podcast before. But if anyone's listening, and they want some help with this, I want to be a resource. So if you go to cherylkline.com forward slash get acquainted, that will connect you to be able to get onto my calendar. I take this work very seriously, even though it's a lot of fun. And I look forward to hearing from you, connecting with you, helping yourself or your team any way I can. And as always cheering you on.
1: Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Please subscribe download and share this program learn about sponsorship opportunities and become featured on our program follow us on linkedin and other social media platforms be sure to also give our other program twins talk it up a listen as well we will see you next time in the next episode of twins talk tech leadership